Gifts I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing, but I pause because hanging my stocking, I can hear a knocking. Is that you, Santa Claus? Sure is dark out, ain't the slightest spark out, pawn my slacking jaw. Who's there? Who is it? Stopping for a visit. Is that you, Santa Claus? Are you bringing a present for me? Something pleasantly pleasant for me. And it's just what I've been waiting for. Would you mind slipping it under the door? Cold winds are howling. Or could that be growling? My legs feel like straws. My, my, oh me, my, kindly would you reply? Is that you, Santa Claus? Well, I don't know if you're ever going to find out. It may be, it might not be, but hopefully on this radio show today, I'll be your Santa Claus. Happy Christmas, everybody, if you're one of those people who celebrates the holiday. Happy Hanukkah just passed for those who celebrated that. As I always say, happy Kwanzaa, happy Festivus, happy winter solstice. Happy winter, happy whatever it is you're celebrating. Today's a special day for even people who are not necessarily all that hepped up about what day it is. But it is Monday, and that means it's time for me to do a radio show, whatever day it is. I will be playing some Christmas music for you today, but if you're new to the program, you'll know that pretty much every Christmas song they play today will be one that you've not heard in the last three weeks, not even by anybody, unless you're just really, really well-versed in music and you happen to know one or two of them, in which case, I salute you. You're a consummate music fan. But I always avoid the 30 or 40 songs that you hear over and over and over. Even the silly ones like Grandma Got Run Over by the Reindeer or that one that Chipmunks did or any of that stuff. I try to stick to the wealth of material and there's hundreds of songs related to winter or the Christmas season or Santa Claus or reindeer or anything that you've not heard a billion times. So that's what we're going to be hearing today. Uh, We're not going to be hearing that song, which goes back to 1953, Probably one of my two or three favorite Christmas season songs ever recorded by Louis Armstrong and the Commanders. Um, gosh, it's hard to believe it was 60 years ago this year. Uh, did I say 60? Wrong. <laughs> 70 years ago this year. I flunked math, apparently. But one of those songs is going to be the one we start with. But I should just uh, say, in case you don't know, much of the, what we're going to be hearing today is going to be brand new music. And at the end, if you listened last week, you know we're going to hear part two of Jim Santo's special guest DJ slot, his tribute to the year 1980, part two. So that's how the show is going to conclude before I come back after him to play one more um, holiday tune. But uh, I think this is a pretty good demonstration of what I'm talking about, about holiday tunes you've not heard in a million years. I'd be very surprised if you know this song unless you're not only a great 1950s rock and roll fan, but you know something about English rock and roll of that era. There was so little of it. I'd even been told that uh, until like Johnny Kidd and the Pirates came along and Vince Taylor and people like that, that English kids like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or whoever, 
if they were looking to their own aisles, could only look to Cliff Richard or The Shadows, very little, and of course Skiffle, all the Skiffle bands. But there were some, and the older I've gotten, the more I've found, including this band, the Kentones. <laughs> uh, they only cut, I guess, seven singles off of the Parlophone label, um, starting from just before one of the employees by the name of George Martin was uh, given the chance to take over as manager. He took over in 1955, and the Kentones began recording singles and releasing them in 1954. So he would have been on hand, and he didn't sign the band, but uh, he would have been in charge of the label for the other six or four, five or six. This is actually the sixth of the seven singles they recorded, and the only one where they worked with a singer by the name of Benny Lee. So this is actually Benny Lee and the Kentones and Orchestra, conducted by Ron Goodwin. Quite a mouthful there, but that's what it actually says. On the Parlophone single that came out in 1956, once again I say happy holidays to you all. Uh, Merry Xmas, if you're that specific. Happy New Year to come. We're going to end today with a New Year's theme song. But uh, here we are to start today's show. You're listening to the Big Takeover Show on RealPunkRadio.com with your host, Jack Rabbit. That's me, show number 466 in as many weeks with no end in sight the way I like it. And to start off today's number 466, this is indeed Benny Lee and the Kentones and Orchestra conducted by Ron Goodwin from 1956 with and Santa Claus. Christmas comes but once a year and when it comes it brings good cheer. But this year won't be the same. Why? We give Santa a brand new name. He's a rockin', a rollin', Santa Claus, and he's strictly on the beam. Now he drives a hot rod through the sky, doesn't want that reindeer team. He's a real cool Christmas cat because he's a rockin', rollin', Santa Claus. Crimson suit he's got And his fur-lined blue suede shoes Same swinging down each chimney pop To jangle jingle blues Man, he really is the most Because he's a rock and roll Santa Claus Oh, jingle and rock Jingle and roll Hang your stocking high Jingle and rock Jingle and roll Santa's rocking by Make your Christmas wish He's a rockin', a rollin' Santa Claus He's strictly on the beam Now he drives a hot rod through the sky Doesn't want that reindeer team He's a real cool Christmas cat because he's a rockin' rollin' Santa Claus. Big crazy crimson suit he's got and his fur-lined blue suede shoes. See him swinging down his chimney pop to a jangle jingle blues. Man, he really is the most because he's a rockin' rollin' Santa Claus. Oh, jingle and rock, jingle and roll. Hang your stocking high. Jingle and rock, jingle and roll. Make your Christmas wish because he's a rock and roll Santa Claus Jingle and rock Jingle and roll Rock, jingle, roll, jingle, rock and roll Santa Claus
Christmas! I needed it yesterday. Don't make me come and find you, you sack of shit. You hear me? Fuck me. What do you want? Can I get on a ride? Yeah, go on, get in there. It's a lifelong project of a life on the lash I've forgotten how to care but I'll remember for cash It's my party and I'll cry if I want to Light the views, sing the blues, I can die if I want to Tonight we're gonna bring tomorrow's happiness Gonna live like it's the end I love you to death But I must suggest
boogie woogie Santa comes to town every Christmas day. He lives up in the mountains like a hermit in a cave. He never had a haircut and he never took a shave. He's a boogie woogie Santa Claus. The boogie woogie Santa Claus. The boogie woogie Santa will boogie all your blues away. But when he starts to boogie, the whole town rocks.
Ho, 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 Merry Christmas to snowmen and humans alike. I actually started a radio show a year or two ago in December singing that song, and then this year I realized I never actually played you the recorded version. It's a kid's song written for kids to sing. If you go on YouTube, you'll find dozens of examples of people's home videos of their third grade class singing that song at the Christmas holiday festival or the Christmas concert. It's darn cute, to be honest. But that's the lady who wrote it. Teresa Jennings is her name. She recorded that to demonstrate to, I guess, chorus leaders in elementary schools that's nation over how to do that song. It's called Rock and Roll Snowman. She has a website called music8.com, music with a K. And that is where you can find that. Written in 2011, clearly a Chuck Berry homage, a Chuck Berry knockoff the guitar break kind of borrowed from Bill Haley's Rock Around the Clock. One of the reasons I thought of that is because the opening song that I played for you also was very reminiscent of Bill Haley's Rock Around the Clock, his cover of it anyway. And uh, only back then it was a contemporary song, whereas Teresa was actually obviously looking back for half a century back. I don't actually know her, but that's her name. Not a bad way to end a set. As I said, we're going to be mixing... Um, new songs with old old holiday tunes. Hopefully something to catch your fancy and make you smile instead of saying, oh gosh, not another holiday tune. I'm so ridiculously sick of them after a month of them. And that would definitely include Boogie Woogie Santa Claus right before Miss Jennings. That was Mabel Scott's version. The third time I've played that song for you, but the third different version. Again, if you don't know... If you've never listened to the show before, I always have to say one of the things I do here is I never play the same recording twice, except for the beginning of each year. The first two shows of every year, I look back at the previous year. That's the only exceptions every year. With the uh, other other exception being sometimes we do special anniversary shows. Like we're coming up to the ninth anniversary of this show soon. But I don't always mark those in that way. But Mabel Scott's version there follows the two I've played for you before, all from around the same time. Uh, hers was from 1948. The Lyle Hampton and his orchestra version was from 1950 that I've played for you. And Patty Page was the other one. But she was the one who had the hit with it, Mabel Scott, of the song written by Leon Rene, who also wrote When It's Sleepy Time Down South for the aforementioned Louis Armstrong, as well as When the Swallows Come Back to Capistrano. But that is one of my absolute favorite Christmas tunes, too, which is why I've played you three different versions. Kind of cheating a little way, but not, because all three of those artists that I mentioned had a very different way with that song. These uh, unusual holiday tunes that you probably not have heard is coming to you from me. I'm Jack Rabbit. Well, happy holidays again. You're listening to the Big Takeover Show on RealPunkRadio.com. That's the name of this fine station. I'll dedicate the song before that, which was nothing to do with the holiday, to uh, Doug Gillard and Ira Elliott and the other members of the extremely great tribute act, which you know, I was telling you about the other day, uh, called Bambikino dedicated to the cover sets the Beatles were doing when they went to Hamburg in 1960, 61 and 62. Uh, they did not actually do that song called Piltdown Rides Again, that instrumental we heard with the barking sax. But whoever was DJing, and I suspect it was just a tape they provided or something, uh, let that song go out three times over the PA in the course of the... Um, I guess it was about four hours that they played, three and a half, something like that. 
they did three sets with long breaks in between, and they kept playing that song. The name of the artist is Piltdown Men. I hadn't heard it in a long time, and hearing it three times reminded me how much fun it is. I had to kind of rack my brain trying to remember what the name of the artist was because they were pretty obscure. That single goes back to 1960. It was written by Ed Cobb, whose Standells fans will recognize that name in conjunction with their songs, with a guy named Lincoln Mayaraga, clearly goofing on the famous William Tell Overture from 1829 from the opera called William Tell by an Italian gentleman by the name of uh, Giacchino Rossini. A lot of people know the song, obviously, in part because it was the theme song to the Lone Ranger TV show from 1949 to 1957. And before that, the radio show that came for the Lone Ranger before television that stretched back to the 1930s or their classical fans from a period when classical was far more um, taught in schools. It was just a ubiquitous tune that most of us know, the William Tell Overture, so the Piltdown Men could do that. Now, who were the Piltdown Men? They weren't a real band. They were just a bunch of studio pros having a lark. <laughs> Probably lots of people who had been playing on everyone else's uh, records, but I always thought that song was good fun. So nice of the uh, Bambikino folks to jog my memory of something long, long ago. Whereas Dennis Davison is not from long, long ago, his career is, at least 30 years or so, with the jigsaw scene, but he's solo these days. That band is no more. And I've been touting his brand new accidental album, Voice Memorandum, it's called. We heard the closing track there before Piltdown Men. That was Life of a Song. Ten voice and acoustic guitar demos he recorded via an iPhone voice memos app. That's what I keep uh, reading to you verbatim because I think he's probably as surprised as the rest of us that he has a new album out and that that particular app in this age of apps would be sufficient to put out one of his best records and one of the most affecting records. And that's no slight. All the full band records he made, both as a solo artist and before that with the band. But wow, this is stuff. It's really personal. It's very, very striking. Speaking of personal and striking, Joel Stoker has his first ever solo album out called The Undertow after five albums with the Rifles and another one in progress. Thanks once again to Chris Lark. He's the one who alerted me to the existence of this album. I was living complete darkness on that one because Joel did not hire a publicist. Unlike his famous band that regularly charts in the UK, they're a popular group there for sure with a massive cult following. Kind of throwback, like, you know, like the Ramones and Cheap Trick and uh, people like that once upon a time, Elvis Costello. But uh, I absolutely adore the Rifles, and I like this new solo album quite a lot. It's been seven years since the last studio album by the Rifles. There was a live album in between. So I'm, I was primed to get some new Stoker songs, and I'm enjoying this so far. Today we heard I Go to Sleep. And I've only played you two songs off that record because I just found out about it so recently. So there's plenty more where that came from, let me tell you. Whereas Velcros is one of those things where every week I try to play you a band I've never played for you before that really knocks me out. I really like that song a lot. That was called Troubled Mind, a brand new uh, record called Strange News from the Vault from a band from Leipzig. South of Berlin and west of Dresden in German that clearly sings in English, titles their albums in English, and titles their songs in English. So if you didn't know they were German, you'd swear they weren't. 
certainly no Germanic accent involved even, but just fabulous, exciting, hard-hitting hard music there. And that was, uh, that's probably a description you could also apply to the Libertines UK from beginning to now, but uh, the big news there is that they have announced a new album coming out March 8th, and they don't make many. They've obviously been volatile and uh, mer- mercurial and been kind of in and out in terms of existence. But I looked it up. All four people who made the original album 21 years ago up the bracket are involved. And this is the Libertines in the UK. I really have to specify that because I've been playing so many tracks from the 80s uh, Cincinnati, Ohio band that predated them here in America, the Libertines, that are now these days known as the Libertines US because the Libertines in the UK ended up being an extremely popular group over there with inroads over here with us, um, even an American cult following. But in any case, the new album is going to be called All Quiet on the Eastern Esplanade. And the track we heard there is the one single they've released of it so far called Run, Run, Run. So yeah, Pete Doherty and the rest of them all back for this one. And we started that set with Benny Lee singing with the Kentones and orchestra conducted by Ron Goodwin. That was Rock and Roll in Santa Claus, a single from 1956. As I said, it is much like Bill Haley and the Comets, not just their cover of uh, uh, Rock Around the Clock, which most people thought was their song, but uh, just in general. And again, that came out on the Parlophone label when George Martin was uh, now the manager. He's not the producer of that song, oddly. He was just managing the label, and he did produce quite a few records from 1956 until 1962, which is when he encountered the Beatles and decided to sign them and change the course of music history. But uh, the Kentones managed to put out seven singles. We heard the sixth one there, the only one with Benny Lee, as I said. They were a foursome named sort of after one of their members, a guy named Ken Flower. And uh, they were in a movie that most Americans will never have seen. I think it was basically an English movie only called Six Five Special in 1958. And then they faded from the scene. But uh, excellent uh, rock and roll Christmas song there, Lost uh, Time. Um, I don't know why. I'd rather hear that, to be honest, even if I have to hear a song a billion times. I'd rather hear that than so many of those terrible Mariah Carey or Wham or any of that stuff. Even that terrible Paul McCartney song, as much as I'm a McCartney fan, I can't stand it. I managed to go until two days ago without hearing my three least favorite holiday songs. Um, All I Want for Christmas is You, that's one of them. That Paul McCartney one is another one. Uh, just terrible. So not too bad, better than I did in other years. And I started today's song sing or the today's show rather singing Zat You Santa Claus from nineteen fifty three, as I mentioned. Louis Armstrong and the Commanders released the original version in 1953 and set the standard. It's been covered by lots and lots of people, including Bing Crosby, Benny Green, Buster Poindexter, Harry Connick Jr., Garth Brooks. Lots of folks, but the first one was best of the song written by James Fox, as I said, 70 years ago. This time I'll get the math right. I didn't sing it particularly well. It doesn't matter. It's just a fun tune, and uh, uh, maybe they'll lead you to hear one of those better versions, especially Satchmo's. It's just damn good fun. Well, we've definitely got more music for you today, but before we do that, we reach the part of the show where I always make sure I take care to faithfully 
thank our sponsors of this program because uh, um, I wouldn't be here 466 straight weeks. I wouldn't be here even one week were it not for these fine people who go to patreon.com slash jackrabbit, which is my page, and pledge a small amount of money, a couple of bucks. Instead of Substack or something like that, uh, they say, like, here's $5. And once a month, at the beginning of every month, the site charges their credit card that small amount. And that is a, it adds up to crowdfunding. So I mention five of those folks here every week. This week I will mention Greg Jackson, Yui Jacob, speaking of Germany, Al Jensen, Tommy Kehoe, and Aaron Keeler, I'm guessing it is. It's K-E-I-L-L-O-R. Definitely uh, they're today's contestants on today's program. So yes, Greg and Yui, Al, Tommy, and Aaron, thank you very much on behalf of all those sponsors who go there and the people who send checks and Zelle and PayPal and Venmo or Cash. It's all really, really helpful. It also helps keep the print magazine going. We just put out issue 93. I'm going to be talking about that two sets from now. And uh, just in general, it makes me here. We're coming up on nine years. It's just been wonderful to be here, and I'm just absolutely thrilled to be here every Monday without question. No question at all. So thank you, all those folks. And uh, if you want to see their names, you'll see them in every issue of our magazine, the editorial section, and on the playlist for this show when the show is archived after it's broadcast here, where you can hear the show anytime you like at bigtakeover.com slash radio with a playlist there so you can skip these mic breaks and just listen to the music. Well, let's indeed carry on, shall we? Uh, This next set is also going to start with a holiday tune and then veer into some new music and circle back at the end to some other fanciful (laughs) holiday-themed or winter-themed tunes. But uh, this is the song I actually was uh, singing to start last week's show, not the prime version. There's very few versions of this song, by the way. Remember I said it was a Johnny Mercer song called Santa Claus Came in the Spring. The prime version was sung by Joe Harris, fronting the Benny Goodman Orchestra in 1935. And as far as I can tell, there's only about five recorded versions released of this, which just goes to show how obscure it is. And it's not even technically a Christmas song, since obviously from the title, it's just the concept of Santa Claus, which is something that I adhere to and was talking about at the start of today's show. But I got a, a letter from a friend of mine, uh, Christy Callan, who was really uh, taken by my terrible vocals on that Johnny Mercer song. <laughs> she, she really loved it because uh, she had a story she wanted to tell me. But it's time to play you some more music. I'm going to save that story for when I back announce this song. This is the other version that came out in the mid-1930s, apart from the Benny Goodman band. This is Putney Dandridge and his orchestra, also a single of that great Johnny Mercer song that's been otherwise lost to history and covers. It is indeed called Santa Claus Came in the Spring. Santa 
party day Say you can the wise men got lost on the Taking a ride 
Driving his reindeer through the sky And sleigh trail winds along the Milky Way Going all at once across the night Came a burning streak of light Sputnik heading straight his way All of the reindeer shook with fear What'll we do, oh Santa dear That Sputnik is bound to hit the sleigh Then they heard a little voice so clear Coming through the stratosphere Santa, I will save your sleigh Then they saw this little purple guy He had one long horn and one big eye And he was rocking down that Milky Way Sputnik by the tail Swung it around and let it sail And said You stay away from Santa's sleigh Then the reindeer took him by the hand Shouted so far back the man Won't you come and ride on Santa's sleigh yeah. There he sat by Santa's side His little heart was full of pride Said Once again, Merry Xmas to all you folks out there. I think this might be the first time in all these nine years I've been doing this show that uh, the show actually runs on the day itself, on Christmas Day. Uh, Being that it's been nine years, it's possible that there was one about six years ago, though it's also possible we skipped it for a leap year or something. It probably is the second time it ever happened, but I just honestly don't remember the first but we definitely heard, I think, about four out of seven in that set were possibly kind of vaguely <laughs> holiday-themed, including that one, which was a bit of a stretch of the concept. That was Sheb Woolley here on RealPunkRadio.com on the Big Takeover Show with your host, Jack Rabbit, which would be me. Sheb Woolley gave us Santa and the Purple People Eater, a single from 1958, the same year as his really funny uh, surprise number one novelty hit, The Purple People Eater, written by Mr. Woolley himself. And the, when I played that for you, which you'll remember if you're an old avid fan of the Dr. Demento show, where that song was a total staple for decades on end, Mr. Woolley himself was an actor in several dozen Western movies, including uh, the famous movie High Noon. He played Ben Miller, the younger brother of the bad guy, Frank Miller, in that Gary Cooper classic from 1952, long before his memorable star turns in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and a few dollars more. So yeah, he was in the Sergio Leone movies as well. He was also in Giant with uh, James Dean and uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Royal Hudson, I guess, was in that, I think. The Outlaw Josie Wales and the TV show Rawhide. And much later... He was the principal of Hickory High School in the 1986 basketball movie Hoosiers. 
But it was this song that brought him to my attention as a kid. I was born four months or four years after this song, so I was just coming across it on silly radio shows about the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater coming to join uh, the human beings and making a cameo there in the holiday follow-up of sorts. For me, the purple people eaters were the Minnesota Vikings defensive line of the 1970s. Uh, Jim Marshall, Carl Eller, Alan Page, Gary Larson, and then Doug Sutherland. But I didn't realize at that time that's where they'd gotten their name from. Obviously, the Vikings' colors, if you follow football at all, was purple. The team that lost three Super Bowls in four years, from 74 to 77. So they were constantly on TV. (laughs) There's also a 1988 film that Mr. Willie appeared in alongside Little Richard as the mayor. Chubby Checker as himself. And the film's lead actor, Neil Patrick Harris, Ned Beatty, Thora Birch, Peggy Lipton, and Shelley Winters, called The Purple People Eater. But uh, uh, what I noticed to this day is that sped-up voice like that of Ross Bagdasarian's Witch Doctor, which he then took to the chipmunks. Oh, that was at its onset from earlier in 1958. And Wooly went on to write the theme song to the TV show Hee Haw, where he also appeared regularly as a drunken musician named Ben Calder and managed to release 18 albums under either name from 56 to 73 before he died in 2003, 40 years later, age 82. So that's a lot to say about that silly novelty song. But there's always these interesting backstories to the people who made some of these really strange <laughs> records or really good records that you hear on this show. Hopefully that was just a bit of fun and brought you a smile. We also heard some nice uh, rock steady right before that, The again, that period between reggae and ska. The Ethiopians, who were a staple on this show, gave us Ding Dong Bell from 1968. I played them fairly recently and mentioned that uh, there still is a version of the band featuring one of the original members going back to eight, uh, 1963. So that band's been going 60 years. Again, I got the math right this time. Neville Duncan is his name. But it depends on what you think about bands having only one original member left, if that's worth your seeing. Uh, I don't think they play in New York very often. I never see them listed. Likewise, the Monkees are down to one original member. But that's because the other three are all dead. Uh, that was we heard the one who's still alive there, Mickey Dolenz singing "House of Broken Gingerbread," an album credited to the Monkees because it was made in 2018 while uh, Michael Nesmith was still with us, and released uh, five years ago on the Monkees Christmas album, or so it was called. In 2016, they'd come out with their first album in 20 years called "Good Times." with Peter Tork involved, too, and I think Davy Jones was represented on some old recordings, kind of like the Beatles in a bit. But uh, that was kind of, in a strange way, the Fountains of Wayne teams up with the remaining Monkees album, and there was a bit of that still going on on the Christmas album five years ago because it was a song we just hit, heard there co-written and produced by Adam Schlesinger maybe two years or three years before he died of COVID, sadly. And uh, Brian Young, the Fountain's drummer, once again uh, reprised his role as the drummer on that record, too. Some of the other songs include, for example, uh, Peter Buck and Scott McGoy, which is a nice thing to say because, obviously, very recently, Dolan's came out with an REM tribute record. 
So the entire thing is the square, the circle. The circles come for us full circle from the 1966 monkeys to REM to today's monkeys to Dolan's new REM tribute record. Now, before the monkeys, we heard three songs that had nothing to do with Christmas. Uh, and like the track that we heard earlier by uh, the Velcros, I've never played the Normans for you before, but that's because they're a much newer band just formed two years ago in Hermosa Beach, which is greater Los Angeles, down on the actual beach if you head over to the west side, south of Venice, south of Marina del Rey, that area there, like over by Redondo Beach. I've been there. Normans, in all caps, gave us Anti Crusoe from their self-titled debut record, a band including Matthew Reed from Blonde Summer and Michael Perry Roods from The Feels. If you're out in L.A., you even have a chance to see them play that song and a bunch of other ones coming on that record, which is uh, just about to come out. They're playing January the 11th at Los Angeles' Permanent Records Roadhouse. So obviously I won't be attending, but if you're out there, sounds like a really good band. And if you're down in Georgia, maybe you can see Black Swan Lane play sometime. They sure make great records, including their brand new one, Dead Souls Collide. By request from Elizabeth Gleisowitz, we heard Covenant from that record from the mastermind Jack Sobel in Greater Atlanta, along with John Colbeck and the bunch. Everything they've put out in the last three or four or five years has just been gold. Wonderful stuff. Whereas you might have recognized the song before that, but not necessarily the version, because it goes back to 1968. That was a Kinks cover called Do You Remember Walter? One of my absolute favorite Kinks uh, songs of all time. You can find that on a tribute record that just came out called uh, Gem Records Celebrates Ray Davies, Gem, J-E-M, featuring a bunch of their acts that are signed to that label, including the Anderson Council. We heard the Anderson Council here on a couple of weeks ago, a different track from that same record, uh, doing This Is Where I Belong, if that sounds familiar to you. I think they're kind of quietly the stars of the record. They did at least two, if not three, of the best songs on that whole entire collection, including that one. My old band Springhouse attempted a cover of Do You Remember Walter back in 1989. I suggested it, and we made some run-throughs of it, and it just wasn't working, it wasn't clicking, so we gave up. And In our band, we often knew pretty quickly whether we had something or not, especially where it came to covers. If we could do something of our own that made it sound like we wrote the song, and if it started to sound really good to us, we'd add it to our sets just for something new to play apart from our own original material. But uh, that was not one of them. <laughs> but it just goes to show how long I've loved that song. I always uh, equated it to my old best friend, Dave Stein, because that kind of happened to him and I. We were just inseparable from age five until about 22 or so, and then kind of stayed friends thereafter, but never anywhere near as close because he changed and I didn't. That happens. But we started that set with Putney Dandridge and his orchestra. Santa Claus came in the spring from 1935, the Johnny Mercer song I was telling you about. And I was telling you that uh, I dedicated that to my friend uh, Christy Callan because she was kind enough to write me an email this week. And she often listens to the show. She and I have been friends since uh, about 40 years now, going back to 83 when I met her at a gig she was doing out in Los Angeles with her band I liked a lot called Wednesday Week, and we've stayed in touch over the years. And she wrote to me, uh, quote, I was listening to your show this week, and I loved your a cappella version of the Johnny Mercer song. 
One day I was at a school because I make money as a substitute teacher sometimes, and there was someone from the Johnny Mercer Foundation teaching songwriters to the third graders. It was so cool. I vowed that I should get that job and then forgot all about it. So apparently I jogged her memory, and uh, I, I don't know if she still has a chance to pursue that line of work, but maybe, maybe Christy can, and then I'll have done something nice with my life, right? She also says that she might be coming to the East Coast. That'd be nice because she's in a band these days called Narrow Adventure, which is filled with all kinds of people from those days, from the uh, 100 Flowers Wednesday week uh, uh, last, the last, if you know the band, the last, and Trotsky Ice, Ice Pick People who formed a really wonderful scene in Los Angeles in the early 80s. And in fact, she says she's been uh, talking to John Talley Jones from the Urinals, which was the band that uh, was the original name of 100 Flowers. And they're discussing maybe they might do a tour of Narrow Adventure in the Urinals in the UK or even the East Coast or West Coast. But uh, they're heading to Austin on their own for some shows in January. So if you're listening in Texas, look for that tour for sure. And if that goes well, they may well do a little wider tour. So we're counting on you, Texas. <laughs> I want to see those two groups, especially the urinals. They never played 100 Flowers. I don't remember ever playing New York. Or if so, why wasn't I there? I did meet John Talley Jones, though, when he toured with Wednesday Week as a bass player. And I, it was really fun to meet him. That must have been like 87 or 88. And I made him play um, Surfing with the Shaw for me during soundcheck. <laughs> on on a bass guitar it was really funny he's like oh you want to hear that i'll play that for you but we've straight off topic we need to get back on it the topic is obviously the big takeover show on realpunkradio.com with your host jack rabbit that is me we got four songs to start this next set they're all by bands interviewed in the new issue of big takeover 93 i've talked too much this set so i'm just going to turn it over we're going to hear the modernettes the Mountain Goats, Crime and the City Solution, and Sweeping Promises, all of them interviewed in this new issue. If you haven't gotten your copy, maybe this will indeed entice you to uh, go to shop.bigtakeover.com and order one for us or subscribe starting with that issue or with the issue previously so you can read about what these people had to say, including the wonderful, wonderful Buck Cherry, a.k.a. John Armstrong, who was the leader of the Modernettes and was in some other bands that have been also reissued lately, like Los Populeros, but the Modernettes have been reissued lately too. Their 1982 EP called View from the Bottom came out recently again on Porterhouse, a 40th anniversary issue of sorts. And so we're going to hear them to start this show from that record, the Armstrong, a.k.a. Buck Cherry, being the lead singer and songwriter on this track and almost all the songs they did. Here they are to kick us off before we hear those other bands. And then after that, we're going to hear three holiday-oriented uh, tunes, kind of like we've heard so far. But here they are, the Modernettes, from the View from the Bottom EP, 41 years ago. This is called The Rebel Kind. They call us the rebel kind, but they don't understand.
talking, sir, and flowers taking fragile. They're beyond pleasurized grace, astronauts falling through time and space. And within her heavenly expanse, the dotted universe sways and trends.
in Alaska where the cold below. I met a rock and little Eskimo. I tried to kiss her, but she said no. As she went rocking up across the snow, she was rocking on a reindeer, rocking on across the snow. I tried to catch her, I got lost in the snow I thought I'd never kiss her, Eskimo My method seemed to confuse her so As she kept rocking up across the snow She was rocking on a reindeer, rocking on across the snow Then she turned around and came rocking back And puckered up her lips for a great big smack I put my arm around my little Eskimo I come forgot that it was nine and below All the reindeer and the ice and snow I kissed that rockin' little Eskimo I held her tight, I wouldn't let her go As we kept rockin' across the snow We were rockin' on the reindeer, rockin' on across the
told Santa Claus I'm gonna ask you to marry me. Chipmunks roasting on an open fire Hot sauce dripping from their toes (laughs) Yuletide squirrels fresh filleted by the choir They poked hot skewers through their nose Everybody knows some pepper and a garlic clove help to make them seasoned right. Tiny rats with a crisp golden coat will really hit the spot tonight. And now when Santa sees his train. There'll be some homemade chipmunk jerky for his sleigh. And every hungry child is gonna spy. And so I'm brushing on some honey glaze. To keep them crisp and juicy too Let's hope they get served Many times, many ways Tasty chipmunks Good food Oh, Nat! Mr. Cole? Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Sevilla. Would you mind handing me the barbecue sauce? I am starved. Oh, no problem, Dave. <laughs> And listen, you best be having two of them drumsticks because they're all so tiny and they ain't much meat upon them. What about animal rights, Dave? Put a sock in it, Melvin. You know, for years people said you overrated hamsters were my meal ticket. Now I guess you could just say, you're my meal. <laughs> That's a good one, Dave. I always knew you was the funny one in the group. Damn straight. And so I'm offering some recipes. From chipmunk pie to chipmunk stew I'm not really sad That it ended this way Furry chipmunks Screw you (laughs) Did you hear that, Melvin? Melvin? Melvin! Sorry, Dave. Did you want Melvin? 
There's plenty of Thagador left, though. There's those three holiday-themed songs that I promised you following four bands all interviewed in the Big Takeover, so that was kind of a yin and yang set, old and new, right? That was pretty silly, wasn't it? Uh, there's always going to be some silliness when I'm thinking of holiday tunes, just to show you that we can all have some fun with an otherwise ghastly thing that we all have to put up with every year, even if we're really the... Um, sort of people who like some holiday music. I like a little bit of it. It reminds me of being a child and my parents putting on, you know, like Steve and Edie or Frank Sinatra or, or um, you know, some of those people like Bing Crosby used to make all those Christmas records. But that was Bob Rivers. That's not the sort of song my parents would have favored. <laughs> it's chipmunks roasting on an open fire. <laughs> from an album called More Twisted Christmas, and that is a very accurately named record, wouldn't you say? I have played you previously at different Decembers songs by Bob Rivers of that sort, one of which was a Rolling Stones parody called Hey You, Get Off of My House, uh, meaning obviously Santa and his reindeer, which is just hilarious. But again, I can't play you the same recording twice. You can look that up for sure. Uh, written or uh, rendered by Bob Rivers and Spike O'Neill, uh, along with another gent uh, being associated with Rivers on a radio show in Seattle. So this is nothing new to Seattle listeners who go back a ways with radio. But the, if we listen, if we live in the rest of the country, we don't know uh, Bob Rivers or the Seattle radio staple stuff. But wonderful, wonderful record there. Just one silly, s- stupid, funny song after another where it comes to the holiday. There's certainly nothing silly about Fats Domino. The fat man is always the fat man. Like Ray Charles last week, I was talking about everything he does, just just so quintessentially him. Now they're both sadly not with us anymore, but they left behind gigantic catalogs of released music. And in the fat man's case, it was mostly from like 1949 to 1968 or so that I listened to. But that one's from 1993. Much like the Ray Charles song we heard, it was more of a modern thing that was still pretty good. The Fat Man had an album called Christmas is a Special Day. And from that we heard I Told Santa Claus, written by the Fat Man himself. He wrote quite a few of his own songs or uh, co-wrote them with Dave Bartholomew back in his glory days. And uh, I'm not actually sure if Fats would have known the song that I played you last week that was entitled I Told Santa Claus to Bring Me You as opposed to just playing I Told Santa Claus. But it's a very similar theme. The one I played you last week was from 1930 by Bernie, uh, Bernie Cummings. Bernie Cummin, Cummins, no, no G. Bernie, Bernie Cummins and his orchestra with a vocal by Walter Cummins, if that rings any bells for you. But uh, same conceit and a pretty good little uh, Fats Domino tune there for sure. Whereas Harry Lee was more in the spirit of the song we started with today, Rock and roll in Santa Claus. Well, there's his helpers there, rocking on a reindeer from more or less the same time, a single from 1959. But talk about obscure. Uh, Harry Lee was from Anchorage, and he released that record on an Anchorage label called Igloo Records. <laughs> Getting you know, sensing a theme there. In fact, the B side was called Kiss an Eskimo. So, very thematic single there. And as far as I know, it's the only record he ever put out. So in doing my research, 
today I found out that he, there are rumors of two other songs he recorded and possibly released, but uh, they're not verified, as they say, in collector circles. So they may exist or they might not. But yeah, I mean, uh, if you think about it, the reindeer and uh, the North Pole and all that stuff, well, that, you might as well be in northern Alaska, not not uh, down by Anchorage, but way north of there. And Alaska is so gigantic, you can't imagine how long it would take, even if there was a superhighway, to get from Anchorage to the very northern tip on the Arctic Circle of Alaska. But uh, yeah, you just go up there on a snowmobile, hire a icebreaker boat and Keep on going with your snowshoes or whatever. Pretty soon you'll be knocking on Santa Claus's door, right, and saying, hey, uh, can I borrow some of those reindeer? Uh, we need to have a rock and rolling party tonight. And with that silliness, I will cut it out and just tell you what else we heard. Sweeping Promises before that uh, was one of the bands interviewed in the new issue I was telling you about. They were interviewed by Kurt Orzek because the Boston band has a second album out called Good Living is Coming for You. And from that album, we heard Eraser. So thanks to Kurt for that. Whereas Crime and the City Solution before that are so much older than almost anyone. In fact, uh, they were formed in 1977 in Sydney and put out their first LP nine years later. And they are still led by their founder, Simon Bonney. So Susan Mole was kind enough to interview him for the new issue. Crime in the City Solution there gave us brave-hearted woman from their new album, all lowercase, called The Killer. Sounds pretty moody there, don't you think? Mountain Goats before that was a uh, band going back to the early aughts on 4 AD. John Darnell, or John Darnell, I think is how it's pronounced, is still leading that group. These days they're not on 4AD, they're on Merge, and their new album is called Jenny from Thebes. So Chris Parker went and interviewed Darnielle, and uh, we heard Clean Slate from that album in that set. And we started the set with the Modernettes with uh, Rebel Kind. I called it The Rebel Kind. I'll correct myself. There's no the. From View from the Bottom, the EP that closed out that band in 1982. They only put out a couple EPs, although there are two or three wonderful retrospectives that you should buy if you don't have that collects uh, all their release stuff and a whole bunch of live stuff. The definitive look at a really unsung, fantastic band from Vancouver, British Columbia. Part of that scene in the late 70s and early 80s I adored so much. In the current issue, 93, we have an interview with John Armstrong, who's the leader of the Modernettes. Um, back then he was known as Buck Cherry in the punk rock days. Um, playing along with his then-girlfriend, the bassist Mary Jo Armstrong, or, sorry, Mary Jo Kopechny, you got that wrong, taking her name from the unfortunate lass who died at Chappaquiddick with Ted Kennedy. And uh, he wrote one of the greatest books ever, looking back at the punk days. I always talk about it because I loved it so much. It was called Guilty of Everything in 2001. So when Alan McGinnis told me he wanted to interview Mr. Armstrong, I said, heck yeah, and that is one I want to print. And the good news, of course, is that after the Modernettes, he was in a band with one of his really good friends on the scene from the Young Canadians. That would be Art Bergman, whose new solo album I've been playing for you quite a lot lately. And so Art is going to be interviewed by Alan McInnes in the upcoming issue 94 in the spring. So we'll have back-to-back interviews with Los Populeros members and Key Staples. 
of that late 70s punk slash new wave slash, slash art rock slash post-punk just really rounded scene that Vancouver gave us to such thrills and chills and spills for four or five years there. Well, I hope you enjoyed that set for sure. I hope it uh, will indeed inspire you to order the new issue if you haven't gotten it yet at shop.bigtakeover.com. Or if you have got the issue already, maybe that'll make you read some interviews that you might have skipped otherwise or take them a little greater interest. Now, I'm going to be back in a second. I'm going to turn over this set. I'm going to turn over this show to the great Jim Santo for the second straight week. He's going to give us his guest DJ set looking back at the year 1980 for this program. I'll be back after him to play you a New Year's uh, theme song by the Orioles to close today's show. But uh, it is my av- absolute pleasure. I thought he did a fantastic job last week if you heard it. If not, then you can definitely go to bigtakeover.com slash radio and listen to the show on archive. You'll be in for a treat, and you're in for a treat now because he's got another eight songs, all of which were released in 1980 to bring us. And I've talked too much again, and I think the smart thing to do would just be to introduce him. He's my friend. He's an old, old uh, uh, engineer and DJ and writer, uh, one of those great bon vivants when it comes to music appreciation and uh, being involved in it himself. And I think that's all you need to know because uh, he's got a really commanding voice on radio, we found out last week, and you're going to get a taste of that now too. Here he is, Jim Santo, guest DJing on the Big Takeover Show with his tribute to 1980, part two of two. And uh, the merriest of holidays to you, Jim. Merry Christmas, Jack, and happy holidays to all of you. This is your old pal, Jim Santo, bringing you a musical gift, part two of my tribute to 1980. 1980 was such an incredible and consequential year in the history of popular music. I mean, I'm talking about a year that saw debut albums by U2, The Pretenders, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Wipers, The Cramps, and Bauhaus, plus unforgettable releases by Talking Heads, Peter Gabriel, The Police, The Clash, David Bowie, The Cure, ACDC, Joy Division, Squeeze, Motorhead, Prince, Susie and the Banshees, Bruce Springsteen, Elvis Costello, The Ramones, Pete Townsend, the list just goes on and on. To be honest, I would need at least three more guest DJ slots to fully do 1980 justice. Hey, maybe if you all write to Jack demanding more, well, we'll see, won't we? In the meantime, let's get to the music. One of the things I loved best about the music of 1980 was how incredibly danceable so much of it was while still retaining the nervous edge of the punk revolution from a few years earlier. With that in mind, let's get the dance party started with the track off Joe Jackson's second album, Beat Crazy, featuring an unstoppable bass line by the mighty Graham Maybe. Here is Somewhere Up There.
Tonight. I want you to walk in the door. I want you to lay on the floor. Cause tonight's the night we make love under a sofa. your hair I feel electricity in the air I'm gonna kiss your eyes <gasps> then I'm gonna kiss your neck no. then I'm gonna kiss your tummy Ooh. then I'm gonna kiss your pineapple <laughs> Tonight's the night for love under the lights.
most in life only brings the fear Nothing to corrupt the eyes, there is no vision here At first you may find it strange, but do not go away The darkness holds a power that you won't find in the day Hey now, wow, if you kept dancing for all eight songs in this set, congratulations. You've earned yourself a second helping of Christmas dinner. We started off with Someone Up There from the Joe Jackson Band off their October 1980 third album, Beat Crazy. It was a commercial flop that nevertheless had some terrific songs. The English Beat were up next with Mirror in the Bathroom, from their May 1980 Sire Records debut, I Just Can't Stop It. It's pretty much a perfect album, in my view. Can't have a dance party without the B-52s. We heard Strobe Light, one of a slew of monster tracks from their second album, released August 1980 by Warner Brothers Records. No sophomore slump on that one. Devo was next with Girl You Want, from their May 1980 Warner's release, Freedom of Choice. Of course, everybody knows the big hit from that album, which is why I didn't play it. Moving on, a song that I haven't stopped humming all week. Yeah, it's Ant Music by Adam and the Ants, off the band's November 1980 CBS Records album, Kings of the Wild Frontier. Having warmed you all up, we turned up the tempo and volume with a trio of hard-hitting numbers to end the set. We heard Chemical Warfare by Dead Kennedys from their September 1980 Cherry Red Records debut Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. We heard X with your phones off the hook, but you're not. The lead-off track from the L.A.-based band's debut album Los Angeles released April 1980, on Slash Records. And finally, we heard Wait for the Blackout by The Damned, again the first track, from their November 1980 Chiswick Records release, The Black Album. And that will do it for me. I hope you've enjoyed my tribute to 1980. Whether it brought back good memories or introduced you to amazing music you've never heard, I trust you will agree it was a singularly historic year. So thanks, Jack Rabbit, for the opportunity to share some of my favorite music on your show. With apologies to Steve Marriott, I really had a gas. Happy New Year, everyone. 
Thank you again, Jim. There you have it. Wonderful job there. Some of my favorite bands of that whole era, both last week and especially this week. Uh, You've heard quite a bit of the damned on this program right since we began nine years ago or so. Quite a lot of them, but uh, some of those other bands less so. And it was really refreshing to hear just so much of what was going on, reinforcing my idea that 79 to 80 were the greatest times to be a, a teenager buying new records. It's just endless surfeit, endless, endless uh, overabundance of great stuff coming out from all over England and America and parts elsewhere, too, as I was soon to learn. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's program. I hope everyone is indeed having a wonderful holiday, even if you're not uh, celebrating Christmas. Just, uh, I hope you had a good year despite all the strife in the world. There's strife in the world every year. Some are worse than others, it's true. And I hope 2024 brings us a much better time. Perhaps maybe we'll be in for good news. There's that song from the 1930s called The Man I Love where... Uh, the lyrics are, maybe maybe Tuesday will be our good news day. <laughs> really wonderful piece of songwriting there. Well, maybe 2024 will be our good news year. We can all hope, if nothing else. Hope is what human beings are at their best. My next program will indeed be next year on New Year's Day. And if you have never heard this program before, as I was mentioning, the first two weeks of every year are dedicated to look-back shows where I count down my favorite records of the previous year. So next week we're going to be hearing, uh, I guess, a song each from my 26th through 50th best records of 223 in terms of albums. I haven't actually made that list, but I'm going to be doing it this week and part of that will be making that show. Plus, my 10 favorite uh, standalone singles or EP tracks as opposed to singles off of albums and some of my favorite retrospective releases as well will be sprinkled in there. So that's what you can look forward to the next two weeks, as you can here every January in the first two shows I do. For tonight, I'm going to leave you with a New Year's Eve theme song, although Frank Loser or Lesser, I think it's Loser, L-O-E-S-S-E-R. He's the one who wrote this song. Used to get mad that people like me would play it for you in December. This this song, kind of like kind of like Santa Claus came this spring, is really someone singing in the spring or summer, just way, way in advance, asking someone that they're in uh infatuated with what they're doing on New Year's Eve. But uh that may be so. But you could also sing this song anytime before New Year's Eve, even just one exact week before. Uh, this is the fourth version of over 300 released versions of that song. It was kicked off by Margaret Whiting in 1947, but this was the first time it hit on any charts. The Orioles had a number nine hit on the R&B charts in 1949, and to this day it's my favorite version of the song, too. Now, if you're not familiar with Frank Loser, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and I apologize if I'm not, he's famous for both guys and dolls and how to succeed in business without even trying. And he also wrote one of those holiday staples that I really don't need to hear ever again in my life, which is Baby, It's Cold Outside. A really great song. I just heard it too many times is what I'm saying. 
This song was also done by everyone from Ella Fitzgerald to Nancy Wilson to The Carpenters to even Zooey Dachanel with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as recently as 12 years ago. So it's a perennial favorite, although it's one I don't think I've ever heard on the radio. So it's a favorite of people to sing on their records and maybe in their concerts, but you don't really get stuck with this one as being one of those songs you're sick of hearing. And with that, I'm going to leave you. Thanks to Jim Santo, as ever, for posting these shows at BigTakeOver.com slash radio, where you can hear them anytime you like. Again, cut out the mic breaks, and you can turn them into a mixtape. And for doing that wonderful set he did today. He's a good guy and a consummate music fan, and we were lucky to have him. Thanks as well to Tommy, who runs this fine station. A lot of good DJs on it. Thanks to you for listening, because otherwise, what would be the point? Thanks to the sponsors for making it possible, too. And I hope everybody loved the 52 shows I did this week in bits and pieces, or all of it, because I really, really love doing this show year in and year out. And my blessings to you all, and I'll see you next year. With the Orioles, with What Are You Doing New Year's Eve from 1949, I will indeed say so long to you in 2023, and I'll see you again next Monday, January 1st. 2024. Bye-bye. Maybe it's much too early in the game Oh, but I thought I'd ask you just the same What are you doing? When it's exactly 12 o'clock at night Welcoming in a new year New Year's Eve Maybe I'm crazy to suppose I'd ever be the one you chose Out of the thousand invitations You receive Well, but just in case I stand one little chance Here comes the jackpot Question in advance What are you doing New Year's New Year's Eve Maybe I'm crazy To suppose I'd ever be The one that you chose Out of the thousands of invitations you receive Well, but just in case I stand one little chance Here comes the jackpot question
question in advance What are you doing? 